You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily Florida State Seminoles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Seminoles podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Wayne Gahey III, Florida State beat writer for the Tallahassee Democrat. And we're two days away from the early signing period starting. Florida State's uh, <laughs> going to have a much more productive early signing period than it did last year when uh, they signed seven prospects and had to completely be- rebuild the uh, the recruiting class. Florida State could sign as many as, as 20 prospects in the uh, in the early signing period, so there's you know there's a lot to talk about. We're gonna get we're gonna get into that in just a minute. Florida State played basketball tonight. Uh, that's why this podcast is coming in so late, as you could probably guess, it has been a really really busy couple days for me. Uh, it'll be a busy couple days uh, in the future, but this is uh, one of my favorite times of the year. So we'll uh, we're gonna jump right into it. I'm gonna start to start with the recruiting weekend. Florida State had. 14 official visitors on campus and five unofficial visitors on campus this weekend. Um, the biggest, I guess the, the biggest official visitors that Florida State had this weekend were five-star cornerback uh, Akeem Dent. He's been committed to Florida State for a long time, but you know, all, our Alabama and Clemson have both made runs at Dent, and Florida State is trying to get him locked up before the early signing period ends. Um, at this point, it is still up in the air if he's in, if he's going to sign early. Uh, I do believe that he will sign before the deadline on Friday. At this point, um, that is up in the air, so I'm not 100% confident on that, but I do believe he will sign early. It's similar to the Asante Samuel Jr. Uh, situation that happened last year, but I do believe that he will sign early. I just don't know that for a fact. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to uh, to see how that goes. And then, Kalen Deloach. On on Sunday, when I talked to him, said that he was he was locked in at Florida State. I believe he signs with Florida State. I don't think there's uh, anything to worry about there, despite you know social media and all of that. I think Deloach signs with Florida State. Um, Dante Lucas has been the subject of rumors as well. A lot of people are writing about him. Uh, I will I would be absolutely shocked if Dante Lucas ended up in anyone's class but Florida State's. Uh, you know, Telly Lockett is has been a big part of his life for many years and I would be very very surprised if he you know spurned Lockett and went somewhere else that that would be a shock to me so I'm not worried about uh, about his commitment to Florida State either uh Jaleel McCray, Curtis Fan, Derek McClendon, uh Renardo Malcolm Green uh he wants to go by Malcolm um so I'm going to call him Malcolm uh True Thompson were all on official visits. They were all firmly committed. Uh, then two of the official visitors this weekend have already committed to Florida State. Uh, three-star Juco offensive tackle Jay Williams. Um, he committed to Florida State earlier today. He talked about how, you know, I, I talked with him at, um, before he committed, and he, he said that, you know, Florida State's giving him the opportunity to come in and help rebuild this offensive line, and he feels like he can come in and immediately contribute. So that, that was a big factor for him. Obviously, being a JUCO guy, it's all about, you know, maximizing your opportunity because he has two years to play two. So he believes he can come in and start immediately, and, you know, if, if I was in JUCO offensive tackle, I'd take a hard look at Florida State as well because their Florida State's offensive tackles have been been pretty bad. For, for a few years now. Um, then you had Maurice Smith, the offensive guard. He 
decommitted from Boston College and um, committed to Florida State. Uh, he's not a he's not a great prospect, but he's he's a talented kid. He's gonna need to put on some some more weight, and you know he's he's mean, physical, and nasty. So I like the pickup. Um, you know he's not gonna come in and be a, an instant contributor. So I wouldn't expect that from Maurice Smith, but he's a guy who could be a a, a valuable offensive lineman down the road as long as he he develops. Um, and then three-star linebacker uh, Kevon Glenn. He wasn't, he didn't official visit Florida State. He unofficially visited Florida State on Friday and um, he committed to Florida State on Sunday as well. So, you know, I I love that kid. Um, he's physical. He's nasty. He's He's got good instincts. He's not, you know, I mean, he's not the most athletic guy. He's not going to test out of this world. Um, but he has good instincts. He closes on the ball well. I like him. He's a linebacker. He's physical and he's nasty. And he's not afraid to, you know, to take on blocks. And, you know, he, I, I, I like him. I think it's a really good pickup for Florida State. Um, you know, I get why he's not as highly ranked as other guys that Florida State has, like Julio McCray or Kalen Deloach, because he isn't that athletic beast that just, you know, jumps off the uh, off the film. But what he is, is he's a really, really technically sound, physical, mean linebacker, and I think that's something that Florida State's been missing. They've been missing that killer instinct, and this kid has the killer instinct, so I'm a big fan of his. Um, I think he's... I think he's going to. Uh, I think he's going to have a good career at Florida State. Um, the other official visitors were three-star cornerback Jarvis Brownlee, three-star defensive tackle Malcolm Ray, and four-star safety Raymond Woody the third. Um, I expect all three of them to em- to end up in Florida State's class. Brownlee decommitted from Miami um, er- earlier in the week. Malcolm Ray is still committed to South Florida. I expect both to end up at Florida State. Brownlee and Ray were both uh, both extremely excited after their official visits. They both really enjoyed it, and I think that Florida State's going to get both of them. They're teammates, and I think they're going to play at Florida State together. Raymond Woody III says that uh, he doesn't know where he's going at this point. He is the son of Florida State linebackers coach Raymond, uh, Raymond Woody Jr., but he said that he's still considering Florida State, Cal, um, Louisville, and there was one other team. It, do, it doesn't matter. Uh, Louisville is the only other school he's taken an official visit to, and that was before Petrino uh, was fired. So I, I expect that to be Florida State as well. He said he's going to play safety. Um, I think he's going to end up at linebacker more than likely at this point, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um the other unofficial visitors were four-star JUCO linebacker Lakia Henry. Uh, he's committed to Tennessee at this point. He's not an early signee, so I'm not, you know, he, he plans on taking an official visit to Florida State, but I'm not going to, you know, spend too much time on him. Quayshawn Fuller, uh, four-star defensive end, Florida State commits. He took an uh, unofficial visit to Florida State. It was a multi-day visit, which is a good sign for Florida State. Um and but he's not signing early as well. He's going to take an official visit to Florida State, Alabama, and Florida during uh, in in January. So also not gonna not gonna spend a lot of time on him. Um, Mississippi State three-star offensive tackle commit Darius Washington from Pensacola took a multi-day visit. 
not an early signee. Florida State has an offer, but there's the belief that he will get one at some point, and he'll be um, he'll likely be back for an official visit in January. So it was a uh, it was a big weekend for Florida State. They did what they're supposed to. I expect all fourteen official visitors to sign with Florida State, um, which is a good sign. There's there's also some other guys that I believe will be will be signing with Florida State. Um, and I'll get into those in the in the next segment. But this was a this was a big weekend for Florida State. They needed to lock down some of the commits. The guys like guys like Kalen Deloach and and Akeem Dent. And I, I think they're going that they're going to lock down both. So I think that's a it's a it's a good sign. Florida State's still recruiting hard, still recruiting well, and they've picked up some some momentum. Yes, every guy that they that they got committed today and yesterday was a three star, but two of them, well, all three of them were actually at major positions of need. And I you know I think two of them, or at least Williams, can come in and play immediately. I think that Glenn is a guy who could come in and play immediately, though I'm not sure if he will. Um. You know he's he's just he he's a guy that I could see you know finding a way into the rotation, but we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. But I like all three of the of the signees you know regardless of of their star ranking, um, but yeah. So in the next segment I'm going to get into talking a little bit about the guys that I didn't mention here, the guys that didn't um, that didn't official visit this weekend, but are still planning to sign early. We're going to update uh, what the latest I know is about uh, about Sam Howell, Florida State's quarterback coach. Uh, and then I'm going to talk a little bit of basketball in the final in the final segment, and maybe update the the offensive coordinator search. It's not much there, but I'll give you what uh what I have. So, but that's going to do it for this segment of the Locked On Seminoles podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we'll get into the second segment in just a second. But before we do that, are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels you never watch when you just want to see Florida State win? Then you've got to check out Sling TV. Sling TV is the best way to watch college football, and $30 a month gets you ESPN, the Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and many, many more channels. The ACC Network will likely be on it when it comes out in August of next year. You can stream on your big screen and all your favorite devices. There's no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. If you're interested, you can get a seven-day free trial. That's just for um, locked-on listeners. You can get, you can do that by getting by going to sling.com forward slash locked on. That's s l i n g dot com forward slash locked on. So make sure to check that out if you're tired of fighting with cable. Thank you for sticking with me as we head into the second segment. All right, we're gonna we're gonna jump in. I know you guys were, you know, want to know what the latest is on you know guys like Will Putnam and Sam Howell, and um, you know we'll get into we'll get into more of those guys. But Derek Hunter, uh, I have no idea what's going on with Derek Hunter. Not a clue. Uh, that kid's recruitment has been all over the place. I have no idea what's going on. He can end up at Texas A&M. He could end up at Florida. He could end up at Florida State. No idea. Um, that's just the type of recruitment that he's he's had. Uh, you know, he, he's a he's a talented talented football player, but I'm not sure that I would shed a tear if he didn't end up at Florida State at this point. But um, 
jumping into Will Putnam, uh, Florida State feels very good about landing him. He's a really, really talented guy, a guy that I believe can come in and start immediately at center, uh, assuming that you know he can uh, he can snap very well. He's you know he's an elite prospect. I really like what I what I've seen from him. Go watch his film; it's phenomenal. And he's a state champion wrestler at the heavyweight division. Like he he knows how to use his hands. He moves his feet well. He's a smart like he's a smart kid. And Florida State needs a guy like him. Um, and I think he could come in, and I think he could play immediately uh, at the center position. You remember that you'll well you'll remember that Everly is gone. I know that'll you know make some of you happy, but Florida State doesn't really have a center on the roster that can come in and fill his shoes right now. Brady Scott and Babyon Johnson both have had their struggles with their snaps. Uh, it's been a major issue. And if Putnam can come in and snap, he might. He he probably would be the best option um, to start it at center because I feel like he can handle the responsibilities that come with playing center. Next up is Sam Howell, Florida State's four-star quarterback commit. This is this his recruitment has just gone back and forth from you know it's it's crazy at this point. He he denied. Uh, taking a visit to UNC on Saturday, uh, but his father confirmed that they took an official visit to UNC for a day on Monday with the North Carolina 24-7 site. So Howell lied on Instagram about it, and you know that maybe they're trying to keep that hush-hush. I don't, I don't know. Why would his dad say anything about it? I, I really don't understand where this recruitment's going. Um, you know, he's supposed to sign on Wednesday. We'll have to wait and see if that happens. But, you know, at this rate, who knows where he signs. He's, you know, he could sign with Florida State. He could sign with North Carolina. Everything's so up in the air at this point. And Florida State absolutely has to have this kid. Um, if they don't land him, they're going to have to be in the, in the market for a graduate transfer um, I'm sure that everyone who listens to this podcast has heard the Justin Fields news. That doesn't help Florida State next year. Okay, uh, I firmly believe that Florida State should go after Justin Fields and try to land him because that kid is special. Okay, so don't don't get me wrong on that. But if Florida State brings in Justin Fields and say doesn't or, and doesn't bring doesn't get how how commits to UNC. If Florida State tries to bring in Justin Fields, it has to either land a graduate transfer or a true freshman or a freshman quarterback um, for the next cycle. They can't afford to not have one because I don't expect DeAndre Francois back next season. That leaves James Blackman as the only scholarship quarterback on the roster. Florida State has to have somebody backing him up that can play if need be. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts is the prevailing theory at as far as a grad transfer go, but we don't. We don't actually know if he's going to grad transfer. He could stick it out at Alabama for another year. Um, Justin Fields will not be able to to play immediately um, just because he, he's going to have to set out. But he did play this season for Georgia, so it will be his redshirt year. So it will be a redshirt sophomore wherever he goes in 2020. Um, end of it, and he'll be available to start then with three years. So... If, if Florida State doesn't land Sam Howell, they're going to be in a bit of a predicament because if they bring in a graduate transfer, right, then James Blackman probably transfers out. Why? I don't understand why he would stay. 
at that point, Florida State's bringing in a quarterback, especially if it's Jalen Hurts, would be bringing in a quarterback that's, you know, that that's go, coming to take his job. And Blackman's not going to sit, at least I don't believe he would sit another year behind another quarterback um, and wait. So I, th- I believe he would transfer, which would leave Florida State in the exact same position with one quarterback on the roster that could play. Florida State needs to bring in either uh, – he needs to bring in a, a freshman quarterback for next season. Um, you know, Lance Legendry has been mentioned, but we'll have to wait and see if uh, if that's the case. Like, if he if he's interested in Florida State. We know he's interested in Florida State, but if he can uh, – if he comes. So, Sam, the, the Howell thing, like, it, it puts so many different things in motion. Florida State needs to keep this kid committed and – basically that they they have to keep him in the fold but that's going to do it for this second segment of the lockdown Seminoles podcast in the third segment we're going to talk a little bit of basketball we're going to talk a little bit about florida state's offensive coordinator position and uh then that'll that'll be it I'm, i know i'm coming at you guys late tonight but i really appreciate you guys taking the time to listen um so that'll do it for this uh this segment and i'll see you on the other side Thanks for sticking with me as we head into this final segment. Florida State played uh, Southeast Missouri, and it was an absolute dogfight for Florida State. Uh, They trailed with 14 minutes to go in half, um, and then they went on a 31-7 run. You know, Trent Forrest uh, really took the game over. He was able to drive, get to the basket. When Trent Forrest is going full force to the basket, it's, it's... it's really hard to stop. He can finish through contact. He, he he's done a really good job of actually, um, you know, one of the things that's been his issue the past couple of years is his ability to finish his touch around the rim. His touch around the rim has gotten so much better, and it showed tonight. He was able to finish around the rim. He was able to, you know, have some good touch. He got a lot of he got a few and ones, and you know, he finished with a career high twenty three points. He had eight rebounds. Yeah, he he was a uh, you know, it was it was an impressive showing from him. Devin Vassell, a true freshman, played 19 minutes, had 16 points. You know, if if you listen to my podcast before, you know, well, the podcast where we discuss basketball, you'll you'll know how much I love Devin Vassell. How much you know, I think he's going to be an elite prospect for Florida State. He's he's a phenomenal player. He has no fear whatsoever. You know, he can miss. 15 threes in a row and he's still going to take the 16th he has no fear at all and you know that's it's a it's a great thing for a basketball player to have he he just has a short memory he's always on the attack he's play he plays hard he plays defense well I love the kid Leonard Hamilton obviously loves the kid because he you know gushes about him every time he every time he talks about him um and I think he's, you know, hopefully he starts to get uh, a few more minutes. He's averaging just under eight and a half minutes per game. He got 19 today. Hopefully he can get some more and get in because I think he's a valuable asset for Florida State. Phil Kofer made his return to, uh, you know, to the court. He's been out for the past nine games with a foot injury. Uh, he had zero points. He missed all four shots he took. It wasn't, you know, like he was taking bad shots. Like, yeah, you know, he just, he missed him. It, it is what it is. He wasn't taking bad shots. It was, it was good shot selection. He just, you know, the, the rim wasn't kind to, to Kofor or 
pretty much anybody. Florida State uh, missed 11 of their first 12 three-point attempts in the first half. It was ugly, ugly, ugly basketball. Florida State just couldn't knock them down. They were open. They were good shots. Florida State just couldn't knock them down. Um, Florida State was also without MJ Walker. Yeah, and it showed just how much Florida State needs him. He's a guy who can who can shoot the three. He's an excellent defender. He's been one of Florida State's best defenders this year. And without him on the court, Florida State lacked the... Uh, <laughs> they didn't lack the ability to shoot the threes. They just kind of lacked the ability to knock them down. Um, yeah, and MJ, you know, he's been knocking them down lately. He's done a really good job. And, you know, defensively, they were... Florida State had a problem with closing out on their drivers, Southeast Missouri's uh, drivers, and they would kick out for wide open threes. Now MJ does is a does a really good job of closing out. He gets uh, he's extremely quick and he's fast and he's long. And you know Florida State really missed him as far as that aspect. But getting him back, you know, it, it, it's a sprain. It's not expected to be a major you know, major injury that's going to cause him to to lose multiple time. He practiced this week. He could have played if he had to, but, you know, he didn't need to play. This is Southeast Missouri and Florida State's the number 12 team in the country. They didn't need him to play. It looked like they might have needed him to play, you know, 36 minutes into the, or 26 minutes into the game, but then Florida State went on that 31-7 to run and just, you know, dominated in the second half like, you know, Florida State does. So, it's, um... Yeah, I I'd like to see Florida State take advantage of what it's being given more. Um they were having a lot of success driving to the basket and I understand that they were taking good shots, but those shots weren't falling and I know the whole saying shoot or shoot. I would have liked to have seen Florida State get after the basket more. Um get to the basket more, go to the free line, free throw line more. I feel like Florida State would have benefited more from that in the first half and then, you know, you you work on the shots, you know, build, build up the lead. Florida state went into the half tied. They trailed, you know, with 14, like 1446 to go. So, you know, it wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty performance, but Florida state, you know, managed to get the job done. It was the game after finals. Florida state hadn't played in nine days. They were without one of their best players. One of their, you know, the last year's leading scorer was making his first appearance. It just wasn't a good combination. Florida state still won by 17, um, so, I mean, it it is what it is. It was, it was one of those games Florida State plays North Florida on Wednesday and then plays St. Louis in the, uh, on the Orange Bowl Classic. I think it's still the Orange Bowl Classic. I don't know. Uh, in Sunrise, Florida on Saturday. So, um, you know, there's a lot of basketball and then that'll be it before the, you know, for, for pretty much the rest of the, uh, the rest of the month of December. So. A lot of basketball this week. Florida State's, you know, it's it's a really busy week for Florida State with the whole signing day, and then Florida State still not having an offensive coordinator. Look at that segue, and then basketball. Um, but Florida State's offensive coordinator, it's I fully expected to be Kendall Bryles. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that's that's changing. Florida State isn't negotiating with anyone else. Florida State, you know, is focused in on Kendall Bryles. I expect that to get done. I expect that to be announced. I'm just not sure when at this point. But, you know, Kendall Bryles, I expect him to be the next offensive coordinator at Florida State. 
And before you ask, yes, Sam Howell has been told who the next offensive coordinator will be at Florida State. Um, I'm not sure if they've had a conversation at this point. I can't confirm that. But I do believe that Kendall Bryles will be the next uh, next offense coordinator at Florida State and that Sam Howell knows that he will be the next offensive coordinator at Florida State. So, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Seminoles podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I'll give my um, my thoughts on the early signing period, and hopefully I'll have some more for you on, uh, on Howell and Putnam and maybe some other guys that um you know we'll just have to uh we'll just have to wait and see but that'll do it for this edition of the locked on Seminoles podcast i hope you've uh, enjoyed listening to it and uh, i will talk to you guys later have a wonderful night